Let's face it, MMA fans are younger, so they're mostly on the internet, and they're the ones who are riding this. So again, I, you know what I feel about the MMA community. They're they're not that intelligent. They're the rowdy fans. They're they're very exciting fans. They're very rowdy, but they're almost like um like uh, remember Forrest Gump when um. Sean, don't go, go, Sean, don't go. <laughs> Sean's gone AWOL. Sean's gone AWOL. I am George Jakovic alongside the champions, Paulie Malinaji, Sean Porter, Showtime Sean Porter, and Chris Algieri. Deep Waters today, we're talking about Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. Guys, they squared off Saturday night. A lot of people called this an event. They called it a spectacle. You had the WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury taking on the former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. Ngannou made it a fight, dropped Fury in the third. He went 10 rounds, which a lot of people didn't think he would do. And Tyson Fury ultimately escaped with a split decision. And we're talking about that fight today. Um, guys, you, you three were maybe the only boxers that weren't in Saudi Arabia. And I'm glad you weren't because you're here today to talk about it. But Sean... We got to start with re reactions from the three of you. What what were your reactions watching the fight and after the fight? Uh, it's I think for fighters, boxers, I think the three of us right here, we know that we know what we saw. We saw an athlete uh, coming from another sport, Francis Ngannou, who was well prepared for this boxing match, getting the ring with an athlete who's been in the boxing ring for his entire life, who was not prepared for this boxing match, it, I, you guys are probably gonna hate me, but I I love the way the fight played out because I think it now gives it gave the MMA world the ability to say, oh, we can do it. <laughs> you know, I think that we saw some things the other night that we really did not recognize before, and maybe I'll I'll speak for myself. I didn't recognize how athletic. Uh, uh, MMA guys are. I just thought that they were really good at what they do. If they're the kickers or the wrestlers, they're really good at that. Most of them aren't good with the hands up, trying to box and square off and things like that. And so I just I missed how athletic some MMA fighters can be. Francis Ngannou, I think he showed how athletic he is. He showed um, how prepared he was and how, and how um, mentally focused he was for this boxing match. And I thought that he, while he did a, a great job of, of representing his sport, I thought that uh, Tyson, uh, it, it ended up being what I thought it was going to be in front of standpoint of I, I felt like this could go one of two ways. Either Tyson was going to be well prepared and knock out Francis or he was going to be the complete opposite. And this was going to be what it became an entertaining close fight that the boxing world is completely sick about and the MMA fans and, and world is super excited about. Overall, man, I just thought it, it it represented both sports. I thought, and uh, and and while this certainly was the night that Tyson, I'm sure he's like, man, I hope, I hope you didn't see that. We all saw it, buddy, and uh, you didn't represent yourself well, and uh, and and I think boxing took one on the chin because of it. But overall, man, I, I I'm just I'm excited, man. I just thought that, you know, when you have a chance to magnify the sport of boxing. And for a lot of people to be watching, and I just think that overall, for a lot of people who don't understand this sport, I think it it, it actually increased where we're gonna go as a as a as a as a unit, the the sport, the boxing. Chris, pa Paulie, you're yeah. next. Chris, you're next. One of the two. You go. I, uh, 
I have never been so happy to be wrong about a fight. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly, I thought that this was going to be a waste. I really did. And it, and it wasn't. It was actually an entertaining fight. And whenever I'm glad you got I'm guys not that, the only one smiling. No, I'm glad. no, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. And I'm happy at it. But I'm, Sean, I'm actually going to disagree. I don't think boxing took one inch in. I think we just added a new guy to the heavyweight division. I think Ngannou's going to stay. Good I don't way think to look he at needs, it. Why, why would he go back to MMA? He's not going to see $10 million paydays over there. Stay where you are, bro. And, and, he, and he looked good hey, enough. Chris, he looked good enough that he could be there. You don't think he could see big paydays at PFL either? I mean, the way not that like boxing, boxing I don't right think. now, I don't think so. I don't think right away. I don't think he can step right back into it and make money. I know he has a big contract with, with them. I don't know what the stipulations or the, or the dollar amounts are. But, but dude, how much money are you going to make for a Tyson Fury rematch, which I believe would not be hard to make? And, and Chris... And yeah. to your point, not to cut you off, but the WBC, Suleiman is saying he's going to yeah, petition gonna that they rank him in the top 10. So he'll be in, he'll be a top 10 heavyweight. So, sorry, you can continue with your point. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it would be very easy for him. He's already going out on Twitter and being like, I beat you. Come on, Tyson. You know I beat you. If you, if you were if you were you know being honest, you'd say I beat you. So him being able to call out a guy like Tyson Fury, it's going to be very easy to get that rematch. And there's no kind of money that he can see in the PFL that's going to equate to a rematch with Tyson Fury, which he lost the first fight by a split decision and hey, trap Tyson. Hey, Chris, real quick. Would you, mm -hmm. if you're Francis and his team, do you take two boxing matches to kind of more experience, build your, build your name a little bit more and then, or do you do their immediate rematch? I would, I would suggest you get another, another fight or at least one fight under your belt, get some rounds in because listen, Tyson's tied up with Usyk anyway. So Tyson Usyk, which is not happening in December, just like we all said it wasn't going to. We'll see when that happens. It could be somewhere in the early quarter of next year, which gives Francis some time. Get back in the gym. Get back out there. Get another win under. Get 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 in there with, a, with a, one of those guys like a Dillian White or a Jazora. Those kind of guys that they test you. They push you. You learn a lot. Usyk, Usyk did the same thing. We, those are the kind of guys that he fought in order to get ready for the Anthony Joshua's of the world and the future, you know, the Tyson Fury's of the world. Get a fight like that under your belt. Uh, take a fight that you're that you're definitely gonna win, and then go call out Tyson. Call out from Tyson from the top of the rooftops. Listen, go go to the mountaintop and call out Tyson Fury. Get that rematch. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think what you said about uh, Ngannou being an athlete, I, I knew that about the MMA guys, but his preparation was fantastic. I really got to tip my hat to Eric Nixick and uh, Dewey Cooper, um, who who were preparing. Tyson for the fight. I know that everybody was talking about. Oh, Mike Tyson trained him. Mike Tyson wasn't the guy there every day. It was <laughs> it was Nick Sick and Dewey Cooper. Uh, Dewey, Dewey Cooper is an excellent uh, world champion kickboxer. Eric Nick Sick is a guy I've known for for a long time who uh, works out of uh, Extreme Couture's in Las Vegas. Excellent, excellent striking coach. Has a bunch of other champions as well right now. Um, one of the one of the best guys in the MMA game and now is coming to boxing. Uh, dude, I'm I'm excited. We have a we have a new heavyweight contender. I'll, wow. I'll take it as that. I'm taking it as. I a gotta hear from Paulie. I gotta hear from Paulie. All right, well, here's my thoughts, all right? First off, I think it was uh, <laughs> shocking, uh, to say the least. Um, Tyson Fury um, says he was in camp for 12 weeks. I don't know if he was probably eating burgers in camp for 12 weeks. I don't know if he was actually taken in the fight that series for 12 weeks. And I say that not as an excuse, but I can say that because he wasn't sharp at all. Like, he, 
throw, dude, throw a damn short punch. Shorten up your punches. A lot of the shots that missed Ngannou didn't miss because Ngannou made a miss. They missed because this this guy, this doofus, was was throwing them way over the top <laughs> and, and and throwing them way too wide and couldn't adjust them. He wasn't shortening up his shots. Even even in his corner, Sugar Hill's like, yo, shorten up the shots. Bro, if you shorten up the shots, you're going to land. Ngannou's not making you miss. Ngannou's just aggressively entering, and you're throwing over the top of him because you're throwing everything so wide. Like where's he? Where is the ability to throw a short punch? And that comes from just not being, but sh- not being in the gym, not being sharp. Like that doesn't come from somebody who's been in camp for twelve weeks. I don't care if you weigh four hundred pounds before he started camp. If for twelve weeks you're at least throwing your punches short enough, or at least adjusting them. So. I don't know. I'm, again, I'm going to give Ngannou credit. I thought he came excellently prepared. Uh, like like the champ Chris said, I'm going to give Nixick and, and Dewey Cooper tons of credit because first and foremost, Sean, champ, you made a point about MMA guys being athletes. They're always athletes, but they never transition their feet. They're always walking when they get into a boxing ring. This I, And you never see them have the ability to actually shuffle their feet and, and, and pick up their footwork to make them close the gap quicker or to make them escape danger quicker. Finally, 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 I saw that <laughs> guy who adjusted mm-hmm. his feet. Even Anderson Silva, who's such a good athlete, had, had the most moronic footwork when he came to boxing. That's why Jake Paul beat him. You know what I mean? Finally, we got some of the guys training Francis Ngannou, who uh, Dewey and, and Nixick, Dewey Cooper and Nixick, who finally who adjusted that man's footwork, and you see the big difference. Now the athleticism of an MMA guy can come into play in boxing, and you saw that Ngannou was able to do that, closing the gap very, very quickly, even surprising Fury in the way he was closing the gap. We already knew Ngannou was a big puncher when he closes the gap. Uh, the knockdown proves that. What about his ability to catch and shoot, things like that? Things you don't see in MMA that much. Things you need experience to have. I mean, that knockdown is a catch and shoot, man. He's, he's, he catches it, and he throws the hook over right around the side, and he and he, and he catches Fury and drops him. I thought uh, uh, a terrific performance by Ngannou. I did not think he won. I didn't think he won enough rounds. This is one of those situations where, where you think, oh, because he had a few big rounds, he won the round. The problem is the lack of experience as well. Uh, doesn't allow him to understand how to win rounds that are not super exciting. You got to know how to manage your way through 10 and 12 rounds. And that means you have to also know how to win rounds that aren't super exciting because you can't fight every round in fifth gear. Well, some of us, but not, not, not a lot of us. John, maybe you might say differently, but every round, but but for the most part, you got to like know how to manage your rounds. And so, do, uh, uh, Nganu, the rounds that were not in high gear and high octane, he didn't know how to just win them with the jabs and with the ring generalship. And Fury won all those rounds because nothing was going on, but Fury was at least landing the jabs and making Nganu miss. You got to score it mathematically. It goes by rounds. Um, and so, you know, I, I still give Nganu tons of credit. I don't want to see Fury and Usyk anymore, bro. This guy played a bunch of games. Now he killed it for me. I want to see Ngannou and Usyk. You, if you were going to rank Ngannou in the top 10, give, reward Ngannou with the Usyk fight. Or, I mean, I'm only saying this because he's 37 years old. Because if he wasn't 37, if he was like 32 or 33, I'd say make him campaign a heavyweight. Give him some other kind of guys that he might beat. Guys who are just outside the top 20, top 10, top 15, where he can build up his record. Because now he's the only thing about Ngannou. Now you set a precedent. Now people expect you things good things of you. So you can't go fight a Chisora and go get risk getting beat. You're 37 years old. Because you might still get beat by guys like Chisora. You know what I mean? They're fun, but let's say it's still in Ghana. He's still he's fun. He's exciting. But you set a precedent. Now you're expected to do well. So you can't go back now and go get beat by a top 15 guy or a top 20 guy. So I would say go back a little bit and get some wins and then come back and fight Fury Usyk. But he's 37, so he can't do that. You got to put him in a big fight right away. You got to maximize this right away. I want to see Ngannou and Usyk 
check all this negotiation and BS that Fury had all these games play. Fury lost all the right to play these games now. <laughs> We're going to talk about the decision next, but don't forget to subscribe. Pro Box TV, download the app, subscribe. You get talks like this. You get live boxing. The next one's November 1st. Good fighters in great fights. It's the Wednesday Night Fight Series. But right now, we're talking about Fury and Ngannou. And, Paulie, you brought up the decision. Uh, it was a split decision. The scores were 96-93 Fury, 95-94 Fury, and 95-94 Ngannou. Uh, Probox TV did a poll. We did our own poll on, on YouTube. And 64% of the fans thought Ngannou won. And, and I think a lot of that, Paulie, might have been emotion because I think he did win the night. He might not have won the fight. But I'm curious, Paulie, you've already said that you think that Fury won the fight. Sean, who do you think won the fight? I, I mean, Paulie said it, and you, you just, I you cannot dis, uh, I, I can't disagree with what Paulie said. And I was at the airport just yesterday, and I was walking, and someone said they thought that Tyson Fury won the fight. And of course, they said he knocked him down. And I had to let the guy know. And and I, I don't waste time yeah. with people that I know you can only go so far with. I said, listen, one knockdown doesn't decide a fight. You don't like it. Sometimes it may even look as if that's the case, and it's not. If that was, if that third round had happened later on in the fight, but everything else had happened first, people would be even more mad that that Ngannou didn't get the get didn't get the win. But it's just not how the point system works in boxing. And so, yeah, I thought that that Paul, excuse me, I thought that uh, that Tyson won the fight, and I th I thought it was a close fight, but uh, I I. I understood the split decision. Uh, could could I could flirt with the draw, but I I just thought that Tyson Fury won the fight. Right, you? Chris? Yeah, the, I, the, the the right guy won the fight. And I I said it like this: Tyson won the fight, and Ghana won the event. It's called the baddest on the planet, right? That was an, that was the title card. But listen, Francis Ghana is the baddest guy on the planet. I know Tyson won the fight, but Francis is the baddest guy on this planet, man. He is a bad bad man for him to come into this sport, take on a guy like Tyson Fury and go to this, go in 10 rounds as a heavyweight when you've never boxed before. That's that blew my mind that he was able to make it 10 rounds. That was one of the reasons why I didn't expect him to, to be able to finish the fight, which is just, just wind wise getting there. If you've never fought 10 rounds, his first 10 rounds, his first boxing match is a 10 rounder against a, a top flight heavyweight. That's, that's super impressive, but yeah, no, um, I had it 96, 93, like that one judge did, uh, which is seven rounds of three for Tyson Fury. I could maybe see a fourth round going to Ngannou, making it a little bit closer, but I, I can't see how you can score that fight for Ngannou. Um, if you really look at it, you really understand how, how boxing scoring works. So, yeah, Tyson won the fight, split decision. Sure, that's fine. Um, it was a tough fight. It was a close fight. Tyson had to pull out those last two rounds where Ngannou did not do much um, you know, in, or, in order to take it. And just the fact that Tyson literally had to go to boxing. He had to go to boxing to win the fight, to squeak it out, says a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree here. You know, the, but the, the fact that Ngannou was able to go 10 rounds is also kind of detrimental for him as well, because again, he didn't understand how to manage the rounds. So he was either going zero or he was going 80, 90, 100. He wasn't, go he didn't understand how to do that in between. And that's also why he was able to go 10 rounds because they were rounds where he did absolutely nothing, you know, mm -hmm. so, or he missed a few punches and, 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 and got hit with just a few jabs because Fury did the bare minimum to win those rounds. Um, so, so, you know, I mean, but the, the fact that Fury had the understanding of how to do that and Ngannou didn't is all comes down to experience as well. So champ, I, I, I think you're right. You know, Ngannou comes down as the baddest man on the planet regardless, but 
all this talk about who won the fight, I mean, it's not, I don't even see the controversy here. And again, <laughs> you have to understand, this is an MMA fighter coming to boxing, so you're going to get a lot of casuals and a lot of MMA fans who are going to mostly put in their opinion, because let's face it, MMA fans are younger, so they're mostly on the internet, and they're the ones who are riding this. So again, I, you know what I feel about the MMA community. They're they're not that intelligent. They're the rowdy fans. They're, they're very exciting fans. They're very rowdy, but they're almost like, um, like, uh, remember Forrest Gump when, um, Sean, don't go, go, Sean's gone AWOL. Sean's gone AWOL. Remember the movie Forrest Gump when, um, when the coach is saying, when the coach is, when Forrest Gump kind of keeps running off the field, he just keeps running and he runs, scores a touchdown, he just keeps running. They got to tell him to stop. Mm -hmm. And he goes, he got to be the stupidest son of a bitch alive, but he show his fast. Well, that's the <laughs> community. They, they got to be the stupidest son of a bitch is alive, but they sure are rowdy and they sure make it exciting. And loyal. Like, they don't know what the hell they're watching ever, ever, uh, even about their own sport, let alone boxing. So I think this whole thing about uh, uh, even that there's a controversy about who's winning and who's losing, I don't think it's so much of a controversy if you understand how to score the fight. I agree, Paulie. I think a lot of it is emotion. A lot. No one expected this fight to go the way it did. No one. No, you guys didn't. I didn't. But how much of it was... Was Nganu, was Nganu much better than we thought, Paulie? Or was Tyson Fury? I mean, he was, by three quarters of a pound, he was the heavy, heaviest he's ever been in a fight. Oh. He said he was in a 12-week camp, but I think he was losing weight. But it was, was it Fury that just was not prepared? Or yeah, was Nganu better than we thought? Even if he was in camp for 12 weeks, I don't think it's psychologically he was in, in, invested in, in it. Because you could see he wasn't, he wasn't prepared for any kind of adversity. Like, he just kind of just was in there. He thought it was just going to be a cakewalk. And he got to give credit to Nganu. You got to give credit to Ngannou, but also you got to you got to also fault Fury as well, because again he wasn't sharp, he wasn't ready for any adversity. All of his punches were wide and sloppy. He's folding over himself. Like again, I mean, he's he lucky he had that six foot nine jab. You know what I mean? Because that that the rounds he did win, he won it basically on account of the jab and not and not and and Ngannou not doing anything during those rounds. Because I, to to be fair, you know, Ngannou overachieved, but also Fury underachieved. So I think it was a, a, a bit of both. But now Ngannou has set the precedent high. So now the, the only thing, the only problem Ngannou has is the expectation if he's going to box again is going to be very high. And I, I don't know if he can manage that against a fighter who takes him more seriously, at least a top level fighter who can take him, who will take him more seriously. I got a, I got a great analogy for you guys. They call these guns. That's what they call these. Let me put them in the... These are called our guns, right? So camp is so that you can tune your guns, right? Just like if you're in 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 the in the fist are the bullets. So like if you're if you're shooting a gun at the target and it's not it's off, all you do is you go and you fine tune that bad boy, you fix it up that way you can hit the target. When you see again, Paulie, to your point, the way the punches are, are wide and the way that they're they're weaving, they're not nothing was straight, nothing was sharp. It was because, yeah, okay, I'm in camp, but psychologically, I'm not tapped in. I'm not fine-tuning myself. And when I get in the ring on fight night, uh-oh, everybody saw the truth. And that's what they say about the boxing ring. The boxing ring will tell the truth about what a fighter has and has not done in camp and in preparation. The more prepared fighter looked better. And even though he didn't win the fight, he won the night. And, um, you know, again, man, I, I can't help but smile and laugh at it because, you know, like like Chris said, when you this is one of the times when you're wrong, and it's like I didn't mind being wrong on this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just is what it is, you know.
All right, I just wanted to remind everyone, subscribe. We got to get those subscribe subscribers up, subscriptions up. Pro Box TV is your boxing channel. You get talk like this every single day. You get live fights, and you get us debating about the biggest topics in boxing. Chris, you had a point you wanted to make? Yeah, you know, George, I think it's a combination of both. I think I agree with both guys, what you're saying. Um, it was it was Fury being underprepared uh, psychologically. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what he did in camp. None of us know. I can't really say. Um, he did not look physically sharp. And that could just be psychology. That could be that he wasn't really taking camp series. Who knows? I don't know. But Ngana was overprepared. I mean, he, I, the, 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 what he was able to show that night was, was super impressive. And the fact that he stayed so poised. He stayed within himself. He really didn't get over his front foot too much. He didn't get too much off balance. They had a game plan strategically. He had that catch and shoot, like you said, Paulie, cover up the left hook over the top. Talking X's and O's. Fury, in the first round, that gives you everything you need to know about what that man thought about what was going to happen in this fight. He comes out, and he meets Ngano in his corner, and he throws a big hook right hand. Boom, boom. Right over the top. Doesn't set nothing up. No jab. Right to the big shot. That's his combination. That's a really good combination that Fury throws. He throws a lead hook, and he pulls it into his right hand. Generates a tremendous amount of power. Hurts a lot of guys with that. It's knocked a lot of guys out with that out. But he always starts with the jab. He's got that long 6-9 jab. He flicks that thing. He flicks it, puts it in your face, keeps it long, and then he turns it into a hook right hand. Come on. And it's very quick. It's very sneaky. Does that really well. He skipped all that setup. He went right to it. He's like, this guy's not going to see it. I'm just going to go out there and throw it. And like you said, Paul, it was off. Even the punch that dropped him, Fury threw the punch, and it, it just missed. It just missed the chin. And, and he, the way he did it is he dropped his hand, which allowed that left hook to come over the top. So it, it, there, there, was, there was technical flaws in Fury's attack that normally he doesn't do. And, and Ngannou was able to capitalize on it, whether he knew he was or not. But he had a game plan. The game plan was, all right, when he throws that, that right hand, we're coming with the hook over it. Catch and shoot over it. He always throws that right hand. I got a big, long left hook with a, with a, with a long reach, which I think was another thing. I think the Ngannou reach was a bit of a surprise for Fury. I didn't think he thought that his arms are that long or that he was going to be able to generate that much power from a distance. Because that, that hook that he was throwing, I think was, it was coming up hard and it was far away. It was long. It was like a long slapping hook, but it's, it still had power. Um, so I think it was a combination of both. I think I think it was a lot of factors that went into play. Um, you know, can, can Ngannou do this again against another heavyweight? I really don't know. I really don't know. That might have been that might have been his night, but maybe maybe we have another player. Either way, I want to see that man back in a boxing ring. Paulie, um, Tyson Fury. A lot of people said that going into this fight, he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. A lot of people are saying he is the best heavyweight that's ever been in a ring. Um, are people still saying that after this fight? I know you're only as good as your last fight. It's like a yeah, thing in boxing. I mean, listen, but I think I think one performance can you know it, it can certainly put a, a dark cloud over everything, but. I mean, Muhammad Ali lost the heavyweight title to Leon Spinks who only had eight pro fights. You know, yes, Leon was an Olympic gold medalist, but let's face it. I mean, he was still very, very uh, 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 inexperienced as a professional, especially at a world-class level. Uh, Francis Ngannou was not an Olympic gold medalist, but he is. He was the FU, uh, UFC heavyweight champion, you know, and and and, and all, for all, by and large proved that he is the best, baddest man on the planet right now, you know? So so I think you still had some kind of ability there to go in, going in on it. Also, you know, I do have to say this, even though, you know, sometimes people get mad at me, I do have to say this, having the balls to go for it really counts for it. You see how Nganu got rewarded for having the balls to go for it. Take it to Fury, having the guts to really go for it and take it to uh, Fury and he was rewarded. Because Fury didn't really have the hardest working camp. With Mayweather and McGregor, it was the same thing. You know what I mean? May Mayweather didn't have exactly the uh, 
lights out camp. You know, he kind of was training half-assed for McGregor because he knew he was going to beat him. McGregor didn't have the balls to go for it. You know what I mean? Otherwise, this could have happened years ago. He didn't have no balls, so he proved me with no balls. And Gano had the balls to go for it, and he was rewarded justifiably so and rightfully so. I will say this. I will close it this way. And Gano won the night. But if somebody's taking Engano seriously, which from now on any boxer will take Engano seriously, can Engano really perform at this level? The jury is still out, but he deserves the payday and the opportunity to find out. All right. Well, guys, don't forget to download the app. Subscribe. Pro Box TV is your boxing channel. So, Sean, we're talking about uh, Fury and, and his legacy, which I don't think can be damaged in one fight. And Paulie brought up a good point with Ali and Spinks, although Ali was very much past his prime. A lot, of, a lot of people think Fury is still in his prime. But uh, Sean, so Francis Ngannou, what's what's crazy about this? He's 0-1 now as a fighter. He could get a heavyweight title shot. He might be the only fighter in history who had a losing record getting a title shot. So, I mean, it really is an amazing night, and it's opened up a lot of things in boxing. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, this is the only sport in the world you can come into it as a professional without having anything, having done anything in the sport prior to. Uh, something that I've always, this is a true story, y'all. When my dad took me to get my boxing license, it was 2007, and I had to sign some paperwork, and they gave me, <laughs> they gave me a boxing license. It's a true story. I looked at my dad, and I said, that's it? He said, yeah, this is a true story. I said, anybody can do that? He said, yes, yeah, messed up, ain't it? I said, yeah, that's 2007. As a young man, I was 20 years old, and I am have this, this intelligence to realize there's something not right about this at 20 years old. It's just not right, right? So this is what I do. I, I applaud what you did. I respect what you did, but I don't expect any more from you. Why? Because I understand the nature of the business and I understand the nature of who you are and what you're doing. Not to bring Jake Paul into this, but somebody just asked me yesterday, is he legit? He's legit for what he's trying to do. He's not a legit against a top five, maybe even top 10 killer who's done this virtually his whole life. But for what he is and what he's trying to accomplish, yeah, he's legit. Go ahead. Continue to enjoy it. Continue to look forward to it. But don't look forward to Jake Paul. Don't look forward to Francis Ngannou. Francis cannot hold a candle against uh, Usyk. Usyk will punch that candle out very, very quickly because he takes this serious and he knows what he has to do. Usyk, no, no offense to Tyson Fury, but, re, but re, would represent himself and the sport the way he's supposed to. May not knock out. Francis Ngannou, but surely will show the separation between an 0-1 MMA fighter coming into the boxing ring and a boxer who has done everything you could do as a professional and also as an amateur. So, you know, I think while we are seeing that Francis is coming to the, the boxing ring, and I like what you said when we started this, Chris, he's a new player. I like it. But I expect a new player to just do exactly what a part of boxing is, entertain. He's supposed to entertain nothing more and nothing less. And we got to respect him for that. Yeah. I mean, he certainly entertained and George, I just want to go back to, to your question talking about Tyson and his, his legacy. Um, listen, man, he hasn't been in the ring for almost a year. He's been holding on. He's been holding a belt hostage, which you listen, that's not his fault, but he hasn't been defending it. He decided to take this fight. A lot of the fans were not happy with what's going on with him. 
Um, you know, he's, he's making reality shows. He's, he's calling this guy out, that guy out, but doesn't get in the ring. So that kind of stuff hurts your legacy. Even before this fight happened, you know, that kind of stuff hurt his legacy. Now, does this performance mar it to a degree? Listen, we, we had said on the show, like, I, I never thought he was the greatest heavyweight of all time, but we did say that he probably would beat every heavyweight who's, who'd lived just because of his size and his ability. Listen, right now, I don't know. I don't see him beating Lennox Lewis. You know, Lennox Lewis in his prime? No way. Not not at the what I just saw the other night. Because we, we, we saw... compare Fury in his prime and Lennox, Lennox in his prime and one and Fury not in his prime, though, champ. You gotta... You, well, no, no, totally. But, but, I, but I saw something in that fight. Even though he wasn't his prime, he wasn't as sharp. I saw something in, in the style of Tyson Fury. Guys his size give him trouble. He's never really been in when a guy, like, his size in terms of height and weight. Right? Mm -hmm. Wilder? Close, you know, similar, you know similar I, you size, but he's got what, 50 pounds on the guy. But you know what I think? I think he fights to the, to the level of his opposition. He had trouble without a Wallen. I think he sort of has a mental issue with, with guys who aren't really supposed to give him trouble. And he's got, sort of sleeps on guys like that. And then he winds up having more trouble in those kind of fights. Because the fights, that he's, the fights where he's expected to have a lot of trouble, he, he's gotten up for them and, and, and performed well. Uh, uh, that makes me think of the, the, uh, the Klitschko fight. He fought very awkward in that fight. Because he had a guy his size, he had the he had the he had to shoot across across the bow with a guy right in front of him who's right there with him, and he has to, it, it changes his style. We saw some of that with 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 uh, Ngano because he's got a guy who's looking him in the eye. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. different thing when you got a guy who's who's as tall as you, as big as you, as strong as you. It makes him fight different. Lennox is one of the biggest, tallest, most athletic guys I've ever seen. So it makes me think now. And before I'd said, no, Tyson beats him. Now I, I think about it. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think I got, I think I got Lennox in that fight only because of this. But listen, that's that's the nature of this uh, of this kind of thing. I mean, we're talking about his legacy. We're talking about you know your last fight, and he comes back and he beats Usyk in 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 January or whoever, and then he comes back and he fights in Ghana and he beats him. And then then it's a whole different discussion, right? But that's that's why we have these debates and these discussions. This is barbershop talk, and uh, yeah, we're all we're all gonna question uh fury until he gets back in the ring the problem is he's been so inactive we don't know when that's going to be i mean is it going to be early next year it's definitely not going to be in december they've already said it's not going to be in december and honestly really i think he should he should rematch in ghana if for, for his legacy because there's going to be so many questions that's never not going to be there. that photo of him being on the floor with Ngano over him is going to be iconic he's for his legacy to get back to where it was he's gonna have to fight in ghana again and he's going to have to beat him and beat him convincingly. You know, it's funny. You're talking legacy. Um, today is 49 years since Ali beat Foreman. It's the 49th year anniversary of that fight. We're talking, talking about heavyweights here. Uh, Sean and Polly, last thoughts on, on this fight, on this event. What else struck you on the night, Sean? Go ahead, Paul. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Um, nothing. That's it. Nothing else struck me. That's it. I, 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 my closing thoughts are that Fury is the difficult negotiator. Uh, fights a lot of times are difficult to negotiate with Fury. And um, to a degree, I can understand when fighters do that to protect their, their finances. But at the same time, when guys consistently do that to the point where fights don't happen, it gets annoying and, and, and it starts to really, I feel like they're putting themselves above the sport. And Fury has a habit of doing this. I remember he pulled out on the Klitschko fight when he was first supposed to fight Vladimir. He got him all riled up, and then he pulled out. And then by the time he got in there, you could kind of – and I thought it was brilliant as far as you, Klitschko just, you know, maybe he may have overtrained or he may have mentally played Klitschko, which I thought was fine. But at a certain point, especially in this situation, we've been trying to get the Usyk fight. He's been playing all these games, offering 70-30, doing all these ridiculous games. And then in the end, 
he comes up, he, he fights Ngannou instead of Usyk, and then he lays his big fat egg over here. And that is sort of uh, 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 hard to swallow, hard pill to swallow. It, it He has no right to make any difficult negotiations anymore. He's lost that right. If he starts to, if we go to Fury-Usyk negotiations and these negotiations become ridiculously impossible again because Fury's playing these games, I say Team Usyk abandons that and goes right to Ngannou. That's what I said. I should I say they should we should see Ngannou and Usyk instead. And uh, uh, I agree that uh, uh, you guys that Usyk will uh, take it more serious. I think Sean, I think you were saying that Usyk would take it more seriously. I think I think Usyk is a guy. You know, again, that Eastern European culture where they're just everything is like really regimented and robotic. He wouldn't take uh, Ngannou that lightly at all. And honestly, I think he would stop Ngannou because I don't know that Ngannou has learned how to deal with the pace of a, of a boxing match. They have to work all 10 rounds, you know, and it, and that sort of starts to hurt you more and more because Ngannou was able to rest when he wanted to rest and fight when he wanted to fight. And Ngannou actually took entire rounds off and Fury didn't make him pay for it because Fury was in terrible shape. You know, mm-hmm. so Usyk would be the kind of guy that will keep you working, and uh, it, the fatigue would would be very, very difficult for Ngano to deal with. But I think Ngano deserves a payday. I think he deserves the accolades, and I think more than anything, people would love to see Ngano fighting Usyk. Now, for the heavyweight championship of the world, I don't agree with it because you're not supposed to fight for titles coming off a loss. But you know what? They change rules for everybody, so yeah. they just put this guy in the top ten. I'm sure the title will be on the line <laughs> if he fought Usyk. If Fury makes negotiations difficult for Fury Usyk. Uh, uh, I think that you got to go with Usyk and Gano and just drop Fury because I don't think Fury's really in demand uh, uh, TV right now. I don't think Fury people really want to will care that much about what Fury wants to do anyway. Final thoughts. Uh, fantastic pa- uh, point from Paulie right there, and we saw Floyd Mayweather do it with Conor McGregor. He made the fight a twelve round fight. Uh, friend, uh, excuse me, um, Conor blew his load in what the first four or five rounds. And he's gassed out after seven or eight, and the fight ends, what, in the ninth or the tenth round? Something along those lines. I don't remember. But he did it the way a professional boxer is supposed to do it. That's exactly what Tyson Fury was supposed to do yesterday. Push Francis's tank, take him to the deep waters, as we like to say. And the deep waters in ten rounds is seven or eight rounds. The mm-hmm. fight was not supposed to be as competitive as it was. It was because we had an underprepared uh, Tyson Fury, no excuses. Francis Ngannou prepared, did what he was supposed to do. All that being said, I'm sticking to my guns. And I understand that this was a legitimate sanctioned boxing match. But to me, this does not hurt Tyson Fury's uh, uh, legacy because he's in the ring with someone who does not does not compare to who he is as a fighter. Even though on the night, it showed that he did. I understand that. But I do not take this fight and and put it up against everything the the bulk of work that Tyson Fury has done. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Is what it is. All that being said, now fighters have to be careful because when you're dealing with trying to entertain and make money, you cannot allow that to be something that now hurts your legacy. You know what I mean? So while I'm someone who's trying trying to be, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt and say, well, I know what that was. And so I, I'm going to, I'm not going to count it. I'm going to discredit it. It's only so many times that can happen, you know? So fighters have to be careful when they dibble and dabble with making money, entertaining people. And also what are you doing to the bulk of your work and the legacy that you have to leave behind in the rocks and rings. So um, I don't, I don't, credit this one <laughs> but but it's on the brink <laughs> it certainly is nonetheless man we were entertained which is why we paid and uh at the end of the day job done for both guys especially francis sean, sean 
I can't let you get away with giving McGregor too much credit. I can't do that. I can't do that. Short well, McGregor, I knew that was coming. McGregor, McGregor didn't blow any load. He didn't even throw I one hard punch. I knew that was coming. He didn't throw one hard punch. I just made that comparison. Ngannou at least went for it. He threw hard punches. He tried to go for it. McGregor fought like a sissy. He was like, he was throwing like this. He was so scared of getting tired. And then he was throwing, and then he talks about his punch stats. Cause you know, if you throw, if you throw these little punches, you're gonna land a little more and it's less risky. You know what I mean? Like, so he threw like these little punches like a sissy. Still got tired because Floyd kept pressing him. That was scaring him so much. The fight back to Floyd was pressing him. That's what made him tired. Just the fact that yeah. Floyd, Floyd yeah. didn't even do anything to him. He was just yeah. Yeah. Floyd pressing him. So I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna give let you get away with giving McGregor the credit that Ghana deserves. And Ghana deserves the credit, not McGregor. And for all the MMA hobos who who decide that uh, I, oh, he's just mad because McGregor dropped him. No, that's my problem. McGregor didn't drop me. McGregor was holding my head down. <laughs> I, if somebody drops me, I will give them full credit. Sean Porter right here is here. He made me feel like my brain got knocked out of my head. Guys, <laughs> no problem admitting when something happens. Guys. When, but I'm not going to let a guy with no balls get credit and then also lie on me about what happened with me. Ngannou deserves the credit. Let's not compare McGregor and, and Ngannou because Ngannou went for it. He shot his shot. McGregor showed up to not get hurt. Sean, you didn't get the memo. Never bring up Conor McGregor I during forgot. one of these shows. You didn't <laughs> get the text I sent. I forgot. <laughs> well, listen, the, the, the champs have spoken, and I think we're going to be talking about this topic more this week. So, so gentlemen, thank you. And, and you guys are right. It was an entertaining fight. But don't forget, for, for talk like this, boxing talk every single day, download the app, Pro Box TV, subscribe on YouTube, like the show, comment on the show. Your comments make the show. And don't forget, Pro Box TV is your boxing channel.